Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. This week, the creative person I'm talking to is John Gunnan. He is a photographer. He's also the founder of a company called Scenario Photography. And what Scenario does is they create super high-end photo ops at parties. I, I don't want to say photo booth because it's not a booth. It's a fully art-directed, uh, created especially for the event, um, all, all, all the frills, all the wonderful props and beautiful lighting and a full crew to make you look spectacular. And uh, he's built a business out of it. So uh, we're going to talk to him all about that. But first, this podcast is brought to you by LifeCast by Dennis Hensley. That's my side business where I interview people about their lives, kind of like this podcast. Um, if you've got a milestone that you want to celebrate, I just had a friend that turned 60, had a big 60th birthday party, and I was there... And I got little interviews with everybody at the party, and um, I'm creating a little uh, audio collage for him so he can always remember that party and where he was at when he turned 60. Um, so if you want to know more about that or you want to get a LifeCast, you can go to getalifecast.com. Uh, also, check out dennisanyone.net. There you will see pictures that go with the different podcast episodes that I do. And I've got a few that I took in John Gunn's studio that I'm going to post up there on DennisAnyone.net. So uh, like my Facebook page, Dennis Anyone, that would be awesome. And uh, that's about it. Thank you for listening. And now here is John Gunn. Hey there, it's a drizzly day in Los Angeles, and I am in the home slash studio of our guest today, the founder of Scenario, John Gunn. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Dennis? I'm doing good. Now, I walked in. I was here a couple weeks ago, and John um, Scenario is a company that does really high-end photo booth-type setups for events. And I was here a couple weeks ago, and um, John was giving me some really good insights about uh, the business I'm starting. And I came back today, and there's a giant sign where there didn't used to be a giant sign. Uh, there's a Las Vegas sign, like just like the one that you see when you go into Las Vegas, that leads the way into your place. You like that? I like that. What I like is that, like, there's all of this fun stuff around. You probably get used to it because it's your business, and it was like, you look at that sign and go and remember what it took to get it and all of that, and I'm just like, ooh, neat. Well, I'm, I'm like, ooh, neat, too. Like, I'm, I'm living a little fantasy life. Good. Um, you know, it's, I did it, my, my background's in theater, and right. so sometimes my studio and my shop, it feels like one of those old scene shops yes. you know when you're a kid and you're backstage and you see all the stuff that they have for the shows and these crazy signs and you're like what is that for and what was that from and that looks cool yeah and i'm living that life now and they're big and well made and like they're not just like cardboard or something it's like <laughs> yes. real it's like you can almost shoot a music video in any angle in this place. So, Well, I, I like that. And, you know, we build everything here at the shop, and I have a, a crew that I've developed, and, and that's always, like, the litmus test. Like, we need to look like, you know, this Vegas sign needs, right. doesn't, it can't look like we did it ourselves. Right. It has to look. Like a, a professional shop did Yes. It. Well, now it does look like we did it ourselves, and we're a professional shop. Because you're a yeah. professional yeah. shop. Now, when did you um, start the company Scenario Photography? 2008. Is when I started. Ten and, years. Yeah. Are you going to have an anniversary party? I should. You should. I do have a project coming up that might we might celebrate as a ten yes, year. Yes, But sure. it, it was the fall of 2008 when we had, I had my launch party in October of 2008. And like weeks later, the stock market crashed. The oh whole economy went down. And it's right when you're opening a business. Right. And it's a luxury business. Like right. it's a luxury ticket. This and is so, something people get when things are going good. Yes. 
So that was. Uh, but How you know, did you I weather mean, it? I, I just did. Well, I was just starting out. So I remember my first year, I did sixteen of these shoots. Yeah. And I was, you know, just super happy that I could get sixteen people to hire me to do this. Right. So I just made it work. Right. You know, even when times are tough economically, the people who have money, it's not like their money suddenly disappears. No. They just stop talking about the money they have. The, yeah, they still spend it. They just don't. Yes. They try not to be so gross about yes. it. Um, now, we've all been to parties that have, like, a photo booth or a, a stick with a mustache on it and some wacky signs. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking custom design for this event, high-end, really great props, clever ideas. What gave you the idea of, like, you know what, there's a niche here for somebody to really do this really beautifully? Well, I'll just, I'll just tell you a real quick backstory. I had been doing headshots for about a decade, and I got really good at photographing people. You photographed me once. Yes. There you go. I photographed a lot of notorious people. The notorious, scandalous. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then I, had, I was also, you know, I had a... My, I was an actor, and then the headshot photography was my side business. And when I left that, I started producing. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do beyond headshot photography? What am I, you know, right. what do I wanna, what, what I'd want to do in the world of photography? Do I want to do fashion? Do I want to try to be Anna Leibovitz? What do I want to do? Right. So I, I'm like, well, I don't know. Why don't I just start producing some shoots and seeing what happens and, like, right. and not follow any specific path? Just, like, start doing what I want to do, like test shooting. Right. No client. And it, I did like three or four shoots, big shoots, with a six-month period where I had to produce everything, right. hire the models, and get the space, and get the props. And I would put it together, and like, okay, this, this is fun. It's like putting on a show. Yeah, and like, I realized, wow, photo shoots like this, like you see in the magazines, you see celebrities do, they're really fun. You know, if, if everyone's in, you know, if the director is in a good mood and making everyone happy and it's not a yelling kind of set, like, it's right. just really fun. So I thought... Well, everyone should get to do this. Right. I'm going to I'm going to put these together and start doing them at parties, and then of course it hit me. I'm like, well, that's what a photo booth is. But I kind of feel like I discovered the photo booth all on my own. Like right. I you just, came at it from a totally different yes, way. Yes, and I arrived at it. And you know, I have I've had this thing for years where I don't like people calling it a photo booth. Well, I was going to say it's not a booth, but you know. Within the industry, with all the event people I work with, I kind of stopped trying to make them not call me a photo booth because, right. you know, who does he think he is trying right. to redefine exactly. the space and we're something else. But it's like, it's like J-Lo yeah. saying, don't call me J-Lo. You're J-Lo. Exactly. Get over it. Exactly. But, you know, the cool, thing, the, the cool thing that's actually happened organically is people are just calling it scenario. Yeah. Scenario is going to go over there yeah. as opposed to the photo booth, which that's, right. that's all I need. It's more than a photo booth. Yes. Um, What were the kind of shoots that you were doing? What were some of the setups? Or what were your... your, Those original ones that were so inspiring? Oh, uh, oh, so... uh, The first crazy one I did... um, I call it the ping pong shoot. And I, I don't even know where I got the idea from. I think maybe... My friend Rex uh, had a T-shirt and underwear company, mm-hmm. and I did a couple shoots for him, showing them off. I'm like, okay, here's something. He's got these really cool T-shirts and really cool underwear for men. Um, so there's like an, an in, like, okay, I have this cool product. I right? Can How can I showcase it in a fun and way? And so I'm like, okay, so there's hot guys in LA, and you can put guys in underwear and you've just seen it a million times. Right. So I'm like, yeah, there's so many guys with great abs that look great in underwear. Yeah. How do I make that look cool? And God, I don't, Oh, so I was out in Palm Springs visiting my friend Sebastian 
in a ping pong table in the garage. And I'm like, oh, this could be a really cool photo shoot. Light bulb. Right. So I have these two guys in underwear playing ping pong. And then I put Sebastian and his friend Rich in tuxes. And they were smoking cigars as if it's like this weird little underground Las right. Vegas tournament that's probably it's pretty like rich people pay right. more sexy people like to play some ping pong. Underground gay like a fight thing. club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like love it. and it's still one of my favorite shoots I've I ever done. I want to see those pictures. I will show them to you. I want to see them. <laughs> They're almost too hot to handle. Yeah, that's so neat. <laughs> and then you saw the result of that and you were like, there is something here. Right. And I was I mean, I didn't know where I was going. I knew I knew it was healthy right. for me to just like let's start taking you know, and I you know, I did all sorts of things like that. Just to start expressing myself in photos and expressing ideas and and my visual you know my visual uh, world into photos, and suddenly I realized like wow I have a style yeah I didn't even know I had a style that's you know? awesome you have a style and yeah. you found it yeah and it's interesting is you started right at the beginning of social media there wasn't even really like Facebook would have come along right around. What, how, what do you remember about the intersection of what you were doing and social media? Well, I remember it wasn't there yet. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't or it wasn't important. It wasn't. Yet. Everybody wasn't. I'm sure, doing we, it. I you know I I can't remember the timeline. I'm sure MySpace was happening. Yeah. Um, but but people weren't sharing. You know what though? For me though, what it was um, was we had just switched from film to digital, the photography yes. industry. So what I do, it enabled me to do that. You know, when I started doing scenario and the shoots at events, is like, oh, this is all happening digitally. I take your picture, goes on the computer, and then I can show it to you right now, and I can print it to you right now, and we can make sure we're all happy with it. Right. So that you know what I what I would have been doing would not have made sense. Like, oh, hey, yeah, we took your picture, and then I don't know. Maybe come back in an hour or maybe next week. Yeah, or we'll send you the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some of the most popular scenarios? I know that there's an upside upside down room that people love. Upside down set is by far, by far the most requested set that I do. So say I'm on the upside down set. What would you tell me to do with my body? Well, if you, you know, so you're in this room yeah. where there's this, we have the chandelier coming out of the floor. Right. And then we have all this furniture bolted to the ceiling. Right. So what I have to help you with beyond, you know, that's what I do with every shoot that was like, we can't just let you stand there and like, no, we have to smile. Hey, look, I'm on this set. Like, yeah. no, we want you to have a scenario like yeah. have a scene like what you're doing so one of the first props i bought for the upside down set was a feather duster so you were up on the ceiling um cleaning the chandelier like that's why you're up there i you love know? it yes um, and then the story you have an objective yes. it's the actor in you going what's my objective totally to clean the chandelier totally. um and then we've uh, i kind of stumbled upon you know we tried a few different things one of the main things that works really well are canes. canes so if you're if you're standing on the floor of the upside down set which is the ceiling and then you put a cane all the way up to the ceiling yeah then you turn the picture upside down it looks like you're balancing on the cane upside down love being it. able to touch the ceiling Love it. So cool. But, you know, the big, the, the main one we do is we, ha- we, ha- we ask that you dance, and we make you comfortable enough so that you'll actually dance. Right. So you're dancing on the ceiling, which is what I call the set, and it's based off of – the set was based off of Fred Astaire dancing yeah. on the ceiling in uh, the, royal, right. the royal wedding. Yes. And, and a shout-out to Lionel Richie's song. Yes, uh, yes. From the 80s that kind of a forgettable, but sort of not. <laughs> um, it's interesting you mentioned giving everyday people a chance to have these sort of – uh, experiences because that's kind of what I'm doing with LifeCast. The same, I'm giving them like the NPR interview 
uh, right. our lives. So it's, it's an interesting parallel that just struck me as we were talking. Um, you've done cool events like Katy Perry's birthday. Is that right? Many times, actually. Many times. She yeah. had you back again and again. Seven times. <laughs> Every time, are you like, what? Do you have to feel like you have to to outdo yourself, or just totally capture a thing? So there's pressure, yeah. There's pressure. I mean, I, and I have other clients. You know, I have like the, these certain fundraisers and galas where I'll be doing them three, four, or five years. And what are you going to do the fourth year? Yeah. What are you going to do the fifth year? And it, you know, it can't be anything like you've done for the last three or four years. Yeah. And but you know, I always there's something about creativity when you when you're boxed in a little bit. I find you become more creative. I agree. When there's yeah. some sort of parameters, then I think some of the best ideas come. Katy Perry has been a great client for me, and she's really, um, you know, she's she's uh, very artistic when you think about it. Like her style, like yeah. it's got a certain artistry a certain and visual flair. Yeah, and it, you know, it's all within the pop world, but like it's a succinct, special style, and that you know, it's almost like. The way I always think of her, like Madonna, like she just she reinvents herself and she sticks within her own little world and right. it always works for her. Yeah. The point being, like, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, because when she doesn't like something, what am I going to do? Tell Katy Perry, no, yeah. you need to do this. Like, she knows what she likes. I'm Katy Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you when it, it's a client like that? Do you have much interaction with them, or are they sort of there at the party? And- well, yeah, I, I have to work. I work through her sister and through like the event planner, but. It's been long enough now that she knows exactly who I am, and right. um, I've actually <laughs> heard her give really big compliments about me to other people. That's so nice. You're, <laughs> you've got your ears perked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. What are some of the themes you've done for her, for example? Well, you know, her party, her birthday falls right around Halloween. Right. Um, so they're not Halloween parties, but they feel like it half the time. Right. But my the best one, my favorite one was the first, and... Um, you know, the the uh, event planner saw me at another shoot, and I told her about all... The, I said, listen, I can design anything for any party. Just let me know. Yeah. And, she's, and she wasn't sold on me for Katie, and I said, well, just tell me about the party. And she said, well, it's her birthday party, and the theme is come dressed as your favorite dead celebrity. Yeah. So I'm like... And then I, I pitched it on the spot. I just... My brain just went, bam. I'm like, oh, we need to do a coffin set. I mean, if it's if you're... If the party's walking around with a bunch of dead celebrities, yeah. James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Kurt Cobain, yeah. that's a funeral. we need a funeral parlor. Yeah. So I actually had a real coffin, but everything was in hot pink, you know, for Katie. Yeah, of course. And um, people, I didn't know. I thought, I, I staged it and I lit it so you could be a mourner right. in, in, the, in front of the coffin. Or we'll have a little step ladder and you can get in the coffin if you want to. I yeah. thought maybe a very small percentage would do that. Everyone wanted to get, everyone wanted to get in the coffin. It was a real coffin. Yeah. And it was crazy. And, Where did you um, buy it? Because you had to make it pink. Well, that's just it. It's, I mean, I didn't know. I was just starting out. I didn't know. Like, where do you buy a coffin? Where yeah. you, But I, I, I've cheap. learned the last 10 years, like... Fortunately, I live in L.A., so it's a movie town, so you can rent about anything. But even then, you have to know where to rent and what the expectations are. And now I know, like, if you want to rent gravestones, you need to book them a month before Halloween. Like, I know all this stuff now. Right, you learn. But, um, yeah, I just learned as I uh, went. And that was that shoot for Katie, though. Uh, that's why I'm proud of it is because the idea behind it. Like, it makes perfect sense for a dead celebrity party to have a... Coffin. So when you pitched that idea, did they light up and go, okay, we're going to give it? In they, other words, it was your idea that sold it. It was my idea that sold it. They lit up right away. And then the next day I heard back that Katie lit up right away and said, uh, let's do this. 
I love those kind of phone calls. Me too. I, I, I need them I, more. I forgot what they were like, but I do love them. What percentage of the value do you think is the actual experience of taking the picture as opposed to the finished product? Because you're, you're, it's selling the fun of it, right? Yeah, don't make me choose. Like, they're, right. they're both equally valuable. I mean, I always tell people... You know, you said a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of big events in this world, and especially in this town. And you, people, I mean, people are spending millions of dollars, literally, on these events, and and they need to be impressive. It's for their employees or for their clients or their vendors, and they're trying to make an impression. Yeah. And the next day, it's all gone. It's all gone. Except for the photos. Except for the photos. The The photos photos are, photos live on, and you can see them hanging on people's offices and on their desks, you know, office walls, and, um, so and, and those sort of, photos, if I may interrupt, the way people think of those photos is going to reflect on what they think of the whole party. In other words, if they have a great picture of it and everybody comes in they're in their office and comments on it, that party was a hit. Absolutely. Because that's the thing they have and to that, remember And by. that brand is remembered. Yeah, and, and we, you have to get them. Patron Tequila hired yeah. me to go all over the country doing them because... And the thing is that all the money that Patron paid me to do these shoots around the country is still paying off. People don't throw the pic- these pictures. They don't right. throw them away. They, you, do, you just don't throw these away. I mean, yeah. maybe you don't put them on the wall, even though a lot of people do, but you don't throw them away. How are you going to throw one of these, the best pictures you've ever taken away? Right. But um, back to your original question, though. So, yeah, the pictures are super valuable. And I don't know. Remember when we used to go to the drugstore to have your pictures developed yeah. and you'd have the prints made? Yeah. When's the last time you had prints made? Yeah. You know, so we're giving out these photo prints, which is a rarity these days. Right. But I have to say, I actually think that the experience itself is even more important. Yeah. To be, to be uh, paid attention to and taken care of on a photography set is a special thing. Right, because it's not just the concept, it's the professional lighting, it's getting a good shot, it's Having somebody that can help you find the right positions and stuff. It's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. People are always worried. I mean, this is my life as a photographer. I mean, I deal with people for the last 25 years. They don't, like, before their session, it, it's almost like they're going to the dentist. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm not comfortable. And I always, and this has always been my rule way before I started Scenario, was like, that's the photographer's job. Right. I've always told nervous clients, like, listen, this is my job. Your job is to show up. Your job is to be on time. Right. Your job is to be prepared, i.e., you know, bring, you know, if it was a headshot session, bring the right clothes and have your hair looking good. Once you show up, once you walk onto a set with me, then the whole thing becomes my job. Right. Meaning if you're not comfortable, it's my job to figure out how to make you comfortable. Right. If you have some angles that aren't flattering for you, it's my job to figure out the angles that are good for you. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of photographers that just kind of blame the client. Like, oh, yeah, they were really stiff. I couldn't get any good shots out of them. I'm like, well, what? I mean, if if you're being paid to photograph someone, it's your job. Um, are there ever really beautiful people that you like? Let me just get one more. Like they're, they're really oh, yeah. fun to photograph. Yeah, you know you what? Maybe without the clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, would you mind if your friends <laughs> stepped aside for a while? Um, Christina Aguilera, could we just have a just you on the set? Would right. You? I mean, that would probably be a cool shot, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christina, I love that. Well, and I bet at these parties you get other famous people doing the pictures and everybody, you know? Yeah, and everything changes a bit when a famous person walks on the set. I yeah. Mean, you, what it it just has. Yeah. You step it up. Has there ever been an idea that you had for a scenario that just didn't play out the way you were hoping? Oh, never. No. (laughs) Um, uh, 
You know, I'm a thinker. I th- right. I'm a thinker, 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 and I'm a planner. Right. And and a lot of my clients don't realize this. They they just look at the set design and they think, is that pretty or not? Does that look cool or not? But I'm thinking about the guests on the set. What am I going to do with them? What? How will I pose them? How will I pose the people that are maybe a little heavy set and aren't as athletic? Can they do this set? Right. What about older people? And what a, you know? And what about the people that are going to be at this event? Like I often ask, what the guest demographics at the event will be? And so I'm I'm thinking it through of like how. I'm thinking of the, the end product. I'm thinking right. of the photos because the photos aren't the sets. The photos are the people on yeah. the sets. So sometimes, um, you know, they were doing this big party once, and they wanted me to do a wrecking ball. It was right when Marley Cyrus had her yeah. wrecking ball. I'm like, you know, you're having this huge party. How long is it going to take to get someone on the wrecking ball, and how long is it going to take to get them off? And it means we're only going to have solo shots. And these people... They're with their friends. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't... I mean, the wrecking ball photograph idea is great for a studio setting when you're doing someone's CD cover. Yeah. And, of course, at a party it would be fun, but you're only going to get... I don't know, 20 people an hour maximum. Yeah. So in five hours, you get 100 people. And when we normally shoot like 400 people in five hours. So I thought that's, you know, that's just an example of like, wow, I I thought it through. I'm like, no, we shouldn't do it. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good strategy. Yeah. Um, When you were starting out, did you have this sense that, oh, this could be high end. Like this is how much it would cost to really do this right. And I think there are people that'll pay that. Yeah, it went pretty high-end pretty fast. Yeah. My dad always said I have champagne taste on a beer budget. Um, right. Because photo, photo booth pricing, traditional photo booth pricing, doesn't come anywhere near what I need to make these happen. And, and I just have stuck to my guns the entire time. I'm like, listen, if you, if you just have this much, a small amount of money, then get a photo booth company. That's what you can afford. But right. if you want something remarkable... That's going to make people really have fun and really remember your party and really show them a good time. Then maybe take a little money and not do, maybe don't do the caviar bar. Yeah. And maybe cut down your flower budget from 100000 to 60000 or right. do something uh, because this is valuable and worth it. And I see these people having a million-dollar event, and, like, it's a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't you pay for yeah. me to be there? This is going to be a, one of the coolest ornaments on your Christmas tree. For know, sure. If not the star. Yes, thank you. Is it fun for you during the event, or is it kind of like, okay, is everything going well, everything's <laughs> going well? Are you able to enjoy it, or, or are you just kind of, is it like having to stay on top of everything? Uh, it's all changed for me, the the process of doing it, and it's... It's more often than not, unfortunately, it's quite stressful setting up. It's um, We're doing, you know, we take a six-hour setup, and sometimes I ask for more. Sometimes we get to load in the day before. Right. And because I am not in charge of the event, I'm just in charge of the photo area, you know, I've had... They'll take away some of my space, yeah. or they won't deliver on the agreed upon power, or or everything could go perfectly well with what they promised for me, but... I had this idea for how I was going to light the set, and it's not working. Right. And I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like drilling, drilling, drilling down to make this as good as it can be. The guests come. Everything looks great. And then I'm totally relaxed. 
And then if the event planner's cool, I go to the bar and I have a drink and I step back and I watch my crew doing it. And right. I get this very, it's kind of, it's that feeling when you get done mowing the lawn yeah. and you look at the lawn like, this is right. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a feeling of pride. It's a funny analogy. How big is your crew when you do an event? <laughs> it's a crew of seven. Crew of seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how many actual photographers? Um, I'll have one photographer working for me. You know, I used to shoot them all myself and yeah. now I have a team. Um, I have one photographer shooting for me and I try within the rest of the crew to have a backup photographer. Yeah. So we have a photographer, we have a digitech who runs the intake computer. Uh, we have two people working two print stations and then we have two or three hosts, which help you choose your prop, um, show you where to put your drink in your purse, right. escort you on the set, escort you off the set, escort you to the print station. So that's actually super important to me that the entire experience feels like you're, you're in a great little well-run photography studio where you're greeted and you're taken care of every step of the way. I love that. Yeah. Now, once you started this and it really started taking off and taking all your time, did you miss the regular type of photography that you used to do or just taking pictures of people that, that weren't maybe at a big an event? Or did it feel like uh, – did it scratch the same itch for you that photography does? Uh, you know, it's, it is different. And, you know, I do miss – the quote-unquote normal shoot for, right. for what I used to do. But it's not like I pine away for those days. I mean, right. there's nothing stopping me from doing it right now. And I still yeah. do them once in a while. Yeah. But, everyone, you know, the scenario business has taken off. But I still get, you know, one of the things that I get a lot more of out of scenario is um, we get all types walking on that set. I mean, yeah. as a photographer, you know, I get a lot of actors. I would get a lot of... Real estate agents, lawyers, yeah. maybe once in a while families, young couples, newborns, um, who are ready to be photographed and have an occasion to be photographed. But at the at a party, you know, people don't go to a party knowing they're going to be photographed. Right. And I really enjoy getting the people that don't. I mean, it's kind of my. What would you call it? It's just it's kind of my fun little personal challenge. Right, it's like when superpower. S- when someone when someone gets kind of pulled onto the set, yeah. and you can tell they kind of don't want to be there, they're not very good at this. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun because I this person. I'm going to create a monster. Right, I'm going to show this person one that this is fun that this is yeah. not going to the dentist, and two, you actually can take a good photograph. You just yeah. got to loosen up a bit. Yeah, I will tell terrible jokes and make and be really not funny in order to get people to laugh at me. That's I don't funny. care. I'll sacrifice my personality. Do you have a do you have jokes in your back pocket ready to go? No, but I just say weird things. Yeah, like oh, give me a big fake laugh, and they'll look at me, and then I'll just go, I'll go, ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah. And I look stupid doing it, and then they kind of laugh at me, and then I take a picture. And then it's magic. Yeah. Are there scenarios that you've been wanting to do, but nobody's really pulled the trigger on it? Like, oh, why don't somebody want to do this? You know, I want to do more artistic scenarios. I yeah. mean, I, I consider my work to be artistic, and there's a certain artistry to it, but they they're often very much have to follow a certain theme, yeah. and they don't let me experiment. My clients don't want me to experiment too much they want to they want to play a little safe i get it so i need to start designing some sets for myself again like when i started out 10 years ago when i just do things for myself and then seeing if people will buy it where are some of the places that you've gone with this i know you've traveled abroad right well um We've done. We did a bunch up in Calgary for nice. corporate, and then I went uh, a couple of years ago. I did a 50th birthday party in Cabo. Oh, um, how fun! Yeah, and that was that was a what whole. What was the challenge. theme of the scenario? Well, he was. It was his 50th birthday party, and he had a Dio Dio de los Muertos. 
theme. Oh, that's so sexy. And I did, you know, the full-on shrine, but, like, large scale. Of yeah. course I had to go large scale when I had to, sh- I mean, I had to ship everything to Cabo. Yeah. And that's just not easy. And I'm like, no. why did I have to go so large scale? <laughs> uh, but then past that, like, all over the U.S., just everywhere across the U.S., I love that. Are you handy and good with tools and, and sawing and building? And I'm, I'm, I'm handy enough. I mean, I have yeah. guys that do this for me now. And, like, you know, I've never been a precision to, uh, carpenter. Yeah. So yeah. I, could, you know, I could build you something. I could build you a box. Right. It just wouldn't be entirely square. Right. <laughs> um, what is the thing that they have in traditional photo booths that you're, like, absolutely not ever on my set? Oh, no, it's no funny. Sticks with must, paper must right, you mentioned that before. Not. In one of my promo pieces, yeah. trying to describe what we do, yeah. I actually have a circle with a line through it. Right, I love it. With this. sticks with mustaches and gigantic glasses yeah. and crazy wigs. Yeah. Because they don't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. You know. They don't mean anything. Um, that, and I've actually had clients, you know, sometimes clients in their best of intentions and they want to be a part yeah. of the process and I've had them show up with props that they went out and bought at the 99 cent store like yeah. oh here's a cheap boa that's not coming on my I'm side. like you know what that's it's, it's just like that box I don't want anything to happen to it you know what why don't we just put it over here because I would hate See, it no if I were a little nicer I would say that <laughs> no you can't to, you need to be more like you and say absolutely not well because I I, des- I work so hard at designing the set and designing the props and you know sometimes and there's a color story too. there's a color story and everything just makes sense I create this world where every element of it makes sense yeah and even sometimes I don't do props yeah and the, my clients sometimes won't, won't understand that like hey you did props for the last one now you want for this one i'm like because they don't make any sense here yeah i'm all about creating this story yeah and like any good storyteller like you you don't just put things in the story that don't belong yeah i've had um i've had some shoots where i've changed the set of set a bit you set everything up and you take a look at it you know what it's just like designing a living room yeah you buy some furniture you go to ikea and get some cheaper stuff you go to a fancy store and get some expensive stuff you put it all together and you're like okay i'm going to take that back couch and you know what the couch really doesn't work so mm-hmm. i need to change everything else or i need right. to change the couch so when i put things together Sometimes I'll say, you know, I'm going to cut this stuff. And then the client's like, where is it? And I'm like, well, I really thought it would be better if we cut it. And they don't want to hear that. So No, they want to hear that, yeah. I want X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Give me X, Y, and Z. What was your sexiest scenario? There's so many to choose from. I know. List them. I love it. <laughs> well, the most overtly sexy, I worked with this really fun um, couple. And they were, um, they weren't, um, overtly sexual people but it was their new year's eve party that they have every year and they decided to make this new year's their sexual theme new year's like let's make it it sexy and fun so for example at midnight they hired two strippers to run through the crowd run through the party like this kind of good clean fun yeah and it's not what they would normally do it was just that year we're gonna have a sex theme party right sex is a great theme remember streaking when streaking was a thing yes i love that and we don't see it anymore no probably too much trouble to be had no Um, exactly and if you're walking it's not streaking you have to run right so they had some some cute streakers going through at the stroke of 12 and everyone thought it was a hit well for the party i'm like well Let's do a porn shoot. So what I pitched was like, I'm going to make it like a seedy 1970s motel. Yes. And I'm going to have a boom mic. Yes. And I'm going to have some 
uh, some wigs and, and even though see I don't usually use wigs, but it made too much sense to do this. Right, and I know some I handcuffs. Yeah, and then. Um, and it was on a bed and then with a nightstand with a Bible. So you're obviously in a, in a motel room right. and you have a microphone stand. And then we didn't really direct anyone to do anything overt. It was just too funny. It was just so funny anyway that you didn't right. have to do much. Yeah. And of course, in true style for me, the, by the time I loaded that set in, it wasn't so seedy anymore. It was like, a, it was like a pink flamingo paradise motel room yeah like it was hot everything was pink and gray and and uh it i can't help myself you can't help it it's like with me when i write something i think i'm being super edgy and they're like that's sweet (laughs) and i'm like no edgy um what's the sort of most most um juvenile one you've done have you done ones for kids for kids oh yeah. yeah i mean we've done like um Kind of like cardboard cutout world yeah. where you have the trees and little characters and a little house, but it's all set on different levels. So you, so everything's 2D, but it's set up in a 3D way where you can yeah. walk through this world of, um, I mean, the thing is like, to me, it's not the most artistic of things, but it's kind of clever. Yeah. It's extremely cute. And a lot of people, that's all they want. They, they want people really like cute. Yeah, you know, and like I'm always want to be edgy and sexy, right. and I want to be like ripped out of the. We're going to do or, film noir. Yeah, or you know, this could be a David LaChapelle shoot or yeah. something. In the meantime, they want you know uh, My Little Pony sometimes, sometimes and, and like and I'll give it to them. I love that. All right, you pick some questions from the observation deck. Um, what was your lowest point professionally? Well, um, this was back when I was an actor, but right. it's professional. Uh, I had been out. I ran out of money after a year being in LA, and my credit cards didn't work. But I had one card that worked. It was my mobile gas card. Okay. And I was eating from the mobile gas station, like Lunchables and orange juice. At one right. point, that was my only source of food. Wow, the mobile. That thing. was how. That was. And low. look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> it's fabulous. I love that. But you, when you were in you New York, that. you were doing. I love the triumph of it. <laughs> right. Um, when you were in New York, you did Broadway and musicals and things yes. like that, right? Yeah, Beauty and, then, and the Beast, right? Uh, no, I did not do Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Will Rogers Follies, Damn Yankees, and uh, I left Damn Yankees to go on the road. I had a choice to play Pharaoh on the road right. or understudy Gaston and Beauty and the Beast and That's, play the spatula. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, chose the, I, I chose to be the king in It's so much Joseph. better to be a... A Roman than yeah. a utensil. Than a special, yes. I remember going to see Beauty and the Beast the first time and getting that note in the program where it said, the role of the spatula will be played by... <laughs> and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> you can't even get a... Now he's going to be the salt and then he's going to be salt? <laughs> anyway, I, I thought that was funny. That was I, don't, I, don't, I, I wonder... I didn't have a lot of friends in that show. I do wonder like what that did to the soul of yeah. playing a spatula every night. I, because, I mean, not that that's the worst thing in the world, but like you're really like, how do you express yourself as a spatula? How do you yeah. stand out? How do you, when I was on the cruise ships, we had this show called princess on parade. I was princess cruises and every number was a different country, Italy, da-da, Russia, Russia. And I used to be like, there's no character. Like I'm just <laughs> Greek for this dance. Like there's nothing to hold on to. And that was really upsetting did to me. Did you know I did Half a Year on Princess Cruises? Did you? I didn't know that you did them too. What ship were you on? I was on the Grand Princess. Wow, that's fantastic. In 98, 99. Yeah. 
When did that you was, do it? I finished in like 91, 92. Yeah. Yeah. The Grand didn't even exist when I was Right. There. It was the biggest thing in the world. Did and, you enjoy it? Um, I ended up having a blast. Oh, good. I, I thought stuck, you were... That was scary. Right. It was like I ended up having to leave. Like I thought that was going another place. I started out being bitchy and <laughs> over it and not enjoying how they didn't seem to be very professional about putting on a show. Yeah. And by the end of it... <laughs> you get over that. <laughs> by the end of it, everything was fine. I'd never been more tan, and I was like a professional drinker. Yeah, so there you go. I, I mean, I had a great... I mean, I mean there's being a young lot of drinking, that. for yeah. sure. How was it for you to transition from acting into the, this other thing? Was it like... Did you feel like it was a relief that you found this other thing? Or did you feel, I don't know, regretful? What was that transition like? It was a transition. And I'm still going through it. I sometimes introduce myself as hi my name is john and i'm a recovering actor right but you know it wasn't i was worried that i was always going to wonder god if i had only stuck it out longer you know i was worried that nothing else was going to make me as happy as being a successful actor right and i realized that that was just wrong thinking like there's so much that can make you happy and and I, I, in particular, really did need to... It turns out I did need to be creative. But yeah. I found another way to be creative. And actually, the work I do now has afforded me to be way more creative because I don't have to wait for someone to hire me to design a set. Yeah, you can you know? just start. And I, I found it incredibly fulfilling. And you know what's interesting from a psychological point of view is I... In the world of photography, I became the photographer who's put themselves in the middle of the room in the spotlight. Yeah. Like I somehow, somehow my acting need to be noticed translated into my photography career anyway. Right. I think that's cool. And I think one of the things that I've sort of evolved on in terms of the thinking, I think when you're starting out as a creative person, you think that if you are not only that thing... And if you're not suffering for that thing or whatever, then you're never going to make it. Like, there's something else you like to do and are good at. Like, if you know, you can't put any time into photography or it's not going to happen for you. Yes. And that's bullshit. Uh, I, think, I think you can do multiple things. And just because you're good at something else or it seems to be taking off doesn't negate anything else. You know what we need, Dennis? What? I, I really think this is a. I mean, there's so much great about the American, uh, the American cultural experience, right. and the, you know, never give up. Right. But it's gone overboard. We need more movies about amazing athletes who never even get a medal at the Olympics. Yeah. There's so many. There's so much honor in that, and so much greatness in it. But yeah. everyone just looks at the gold. I mean, people think it's like a letdown to win a silver medal at the Olympics, and we, I know. we really think about that. Yeah. You know, it's true though. The difference between first and second place could be like a millisecond. Just to be on the team yeah. means yeah. you're amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and, and this idea that we have to suffer for our art, or I, I, the only way I'll make it is if I'm the, suffering. Right. The, or, or the only thing that can make you happy is yeah. the achievement of this one goal. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. And you're a loser if you don't follow this to the end. Right. Cut to being forty, and I don't didn't have any money. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. I think it's good, and then. I think being forty and I'm living at the mobile gas station on gas here. station mart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying lunchables. I love that. Okay, <laughs> let's take another question. What was your most glamorous night? You know, this was recently. Um, 
I was, you know, I love my work and I have a lot of great clients and it just gets frustrating sometimes. I'm realizing in this interview, like, wow, does it sound like I'm complaining all the time? I complain about my job like everyone complains about right. their job. Right, no, and, it, frustrating. and it's also your business owner. It's right. a lot. So the, yeah. set, the setup to it is like, it was particularly frustrating. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I didn't know what to do. And then I'm like, I'm gonna buy tickets to Hamilton. Yeah. So I bought two super expensive tickets to Hamilton here at the Pantages Theater. I, had no, I could not afford this, not within the budget, but I did it anyway. I called my friend Mike, told him to save this night. He came up to the studio. I didn't tell him where we were going. And we had a little sushi and some drinks, and then we got a lift. And he didn't know where we were going until we pulled up right in front of the Pantages Theater. And it was just such a... It just felt so glamorous. Right, and you did something really like, special like to, I mean, and, you know, I mean, I guess getting a lift or a taxi is yeah. so usual. But when you think about it in the scheme of the world and, and, and the scheme of like what people get to do on the planet, like how many people on this planet get to be driven up yeah. to Hamilton and just walk in and sit in the fifth row? Yeah. Like that was, that was glamorous. That was fun. Did you love the show? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It's really incredible. It I is. Mean, it, everyone says that, but it's something else. It is it's something special. You know, and I came to it two years late, and like, yeah. and I didn't have as many people to like yeah. be giddy about with it. To me, it just seemed like it emerged from the womb, perfect. Like you can't imagine them going, "Oh, that song doesn't work. Let's put that song over there." It just felt so assured. It had such swagger. Mm-hmm. Like this is what what it is. Yeah, and then you, I had to like yeah. listen to it for months to yeah. to get it all too. I love it. All right. What was the first album, cassette, CD, or MP3 you ever bought? Donna Summer LP, and it was a trifold. Oh, yeah. It was cut out trifold. Was it Bad Girls Hot Stuff? Mm-hmm. They're doing a Donna Summer musical, don't you know? Are Broadway. they really? Yes, they are. That could be good. Yeah, that could be. You never know. There's something about, I mean, I'm, everyone has that memory of that album, but like because hers was a trifold and a cutout, it was just that much more special. It was so much fun to look at album covers. You could sit there and look at them the whole time. I know. Own. We're so spoiled now. I know. Everything is so immediate. What is it like to have a business where you work with rich people a lot? Are they the same as everyday pe- rich people? Rich people are people, too. Yes. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It, you know, it's, there's not really... There's not really that much difference. You would think you there would be. Do you feel like... I mean, I, you always hear of those kids' parties that are so elaborate. Do you feel like they're competing with other people? Do you ever feel like you're part of a competition? You, you are, but it's actually why people hire me. Yeah. Because you're, be- the, you're the, like, you know what? Did you see Mindy had those fucking mustaches on the sticks? We're going to get scenario. Right. She's going to blow her mind. Right. And even if... Um, even if someone's seen scenario before but i'm designing a set just for your event so it's it's completely unique you're not going to get this anywhere else in the world ever so that idea of keeping up with the joneses actually serves you because you're the trump card yes you're like bitch we're done you just won (laughs) i can be your ace you can be your ace in the hole i love that (laughs) i'm just going to be the name of this podcast (laughs) what's the worst costume or uniform you've had to wear for work well this was uh not quite for work. Right. I, well, now that I think about it, at one point I did a soap opera, just like a little walk-on part, and 
the wardrobe person got me pants that were way too tight. And I'm not talking about the flattering kind of tight, yeah. like look at his ass in those jeans. No, right. I'm talking about his pants are too tight. They don't fit him. Right. She didn't have anything else for me. And I had to walk on camera. Yeah. And these pants, like, it was embarrassing. Yeah, you were a little, and you had to act like, it's that thing like sometimes when. Um, and I had like, to walk on and say, yoga- here's, your, here's your telegram, right. Mr. Hensley. Like, right. Yeah. Um, like when I'm in yoga class and I'm, I look down and I'm like, I need a clip clipping on my toes. <laughs> and I'm just like, we're just going to, everything's going to be looking up all day. I'm never going to look down. Everyone's up. You know, you're trying to not get <laughs> right. them to look at your tight pants. There's no way around it. Um, was there any, I, I'm really become interested in entrepreneurs because I'm embarking on this journey my, my own self. Um, was there anything that happened early on, a mistake you made early on that you learned a ton from? Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, you know, I, there wasn't one big thing, but my actually something I really had to learn is for as hard as it can be sometimes, you have to, it is my job. Like if you hire me for a party, it's my job to really tell you exactly what I need. Yeah. Not to fudge around it, not like if you're bothered by, you know, like, oh, you know, if, 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 you, if I have you come in earlier when you want me to set up, I'm going to have to spend, I'm going to have to spend one more hour rent, renting the hall. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can make it happen in four hours. And then, and then in four hours, I'm not ready when guests arrive. Yeah. So I didn't really help you at all by trying to help you. Right. So I have to say, no, do you want me to do what I do? Right. These are my needs. I need space, right. power, time, money. And by by trying to sweet talk or, or play nice, you're really not playing nice. You're not doing your yeah, job. Yeah, you think you're doing something good for them, but you're yeah, not, in fact. you're not doing your job. And that's my thing now with my LifeCast business. I need to own how much it costs. Yeah. And I need to be honest about this is how much time it takes to edit. This is what my time is worth. This is how much it costs. But it's a little hard to say, how much is it? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and you'd be, you, you have to really work at that, Dennis, because yeah. I will tell you, who care? I mean, in the end, who cares if they right. can't afford it? Like, well, also, I walk through life not being able to afford things all day long, right. and I accept that. Exactly. <laughs> Think about it. Yes. Like, yeah, I can't buy the car that I want. Yeah. I can't now buy the house that I want. you buy that mobile station. Right. You can buy it and turn it into something. Um, what movie did you see when you were way too young to see it? Uh, the Shining. Scary as shit. Scary as shit. And uh, I should not have seen that. Oh, and then there was also, um, was it Dark Shadows? No, Dark Shadows was a soap opera. Dark Shadows was a soap opera. Then there was, was, a, there was another movie. vampire movie I saw. Yeah. That and The Shining where they really... I mean, I was way too young and it, it, it scared me for years. Yeah, it, that's still scary. Have you ever done a Shining setup? That would be fun. Like I would the love hall. that. I would That'd love that. That would be super fun. But you know, I've done several yeah. over, over the years, several Halloween parties. Yeah. It's a very popular costume, those two girls. Yeah. And, all, and that's the easiest shoot because, okay, stand side by side and look here. Don't do anything else. And then right. suddenly you see these two girls. And you have the little costumes. For them. Yes. Perfect. So you've done those. You've done yeah. Halloween. Well, no, they show, they yeah, show, but they show up, like up in the costume. Yeah. I love that. Are there any movie-related scenarios that people try to cre- recreate or... I don't know what it would be. Um, like I've done things movies. like homage. Like, I've done the yeah. birds. I've had yeah. a bunch of birds so that you, yeah. you know right away what it is. Right. Um, I haven't done a lot of them, but I actually have some in my back pocket I that I want to do. Yes. I love that. Do you ever do you ever try to – do you ever tell somebody, hey, I've been wanting to do this and see, I think it might be a fit for your – you find ways to pitch those ideas that you – Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
like, hey, this is a new thing I've been working on, I've been trying out. Or, you know, sometimes, I, I mean, I write, all the, I write everything down. I think of Joan Rivers. Right. Who used to write, she'd have all those index cards of oh, jokes. Oh, yeah. I worked with her for I know, two I think and a half years, and, and she'd write those things and put them on the ground. Right, awesome. and I don't know. Did she have a filing system where she's like, hey, I need some more jokes about ex-husbands or something? Did she file, like, yeah. categorize them? Uh, from what I understand, there was a, a filing system in New York, and there were, you know, Elizabeth Taylor jokes. And sure. Were, yeah. So I have these, and it's actually, now that I've been doing this for 10 years now um more often than not someone comes to me and they're like hey i want something like this or i want to do like this i will often draw from a set i've already done that's similar or i'll have these bat these ideas in your back in my bag of tricks yeah what have you learned about pitching and and saying this is what i'm this is what i'm pitching is that something a, a skill that you've developed it is um the challenge with with pitching uh, something visual is that they want a visual. They want to see it. Yeah. And for me to tell, to explain a set to you, and have you understand it is one thing. But for me to show it in a visual can take me half a day or days to figure out how to show it visually. Yeah. And it's just tough because I haven't sold it yet. I haven't sold the idea yet, but they make me jump the hoops of showing it to them. Yeah, I can see that. You now, know. when you, you, the party's over, you take down, you clean up. Are you done with that client? Or yeah. There's no follow-up because the, the pictures are the digital? The pictures are allowed. Yeah, and, and I give them a copy of everything if they want. And then, yeah, we're done. How did your job change when Instagram became all the rage? Did people were people more conscientious of like we need to nail this or yeah and it's made part of their you know it, it helped my business grow that's yeah. for sure because pictures are you know beyond being fun and cool in a private setting for you know I have a lot of corporate clients and they're important they're advertising they're not yeah. sinking as much money into national ads that go on TV they're sinking a lot more money in experiential. Uh, installations and photo booths where they can put hashtags as watermarks on the photos to get their brand out there. Yeah, and they need cool things that people are going to want to take pictures yeah, of. Yeah, in a glutted market, they yeah. need to stand out. What's the, is it the Paul Smith store on Melrose? Every time you drive by it, it's all those people taking Taking it's like the selfies. most Instagram wall or the pink wall. Or whatever. Yeah, it's infamous. And, and it's interesting. I do wonder about that. I'm like, yeah. well, it's interesting, but it's not, like, amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a pink wall, but I think it became that pink wall. It, be, it that you became notorious yeah, for some did. reason. I know. I, want to, I would love to know if there's more of a reason than what I'm seeing. Because what I'm seeing Maybe is nice. Cocaine? Hmm? Made, the wall could be made of cocaine. <laughs> See, that would make sense. I it mean, would explain it all, I'm at least. I'm just spitballing. What's something that you're good at that might surprise people? Um, for all my years as being an actor and working in primarily musicals and working yeah. around a lot of beautiful and talented showgirls, I can walk across the stage or walk down a flight of stairs like a showgirl. Full on. Full on. Heels? Or is it just more the attitude? It's more the, the attitude. Well, the it's saunter. the saunter and the positioning of the hips and um, how to navigate walking down stairs without touching a railing or looking down. That's incredible. I got the tricks of the trade from, well, from the best showgirls in the world, from the, from the New York showgirls. Yeah. I love that. Um, what, let, People find that. it peculiar when they look at me that I would actually yeah, be able to do that. Yeah, you're a big, macho, burly guy. What was the worst thing that ever went wrong for you on stage when you were doing shows? On stage? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was doing Will Rogers Follies, and there's a infamous quartet of guys we were we were in the whole show throughout wearing various costumes and we were quite a unit and right. um at one point you know we're you know we weren't the stars of the show but at one point you know will rogers is singing and everyone's on stage and then all the focus turns towards the quartet right and we're sitting in these stairs and we stand up 
and we put our hands up and we say, Mr. Chairman, and then we sing this little song. Right. So suddenly the focus comes to us. I stand up and my chaps fall to, fall to the floor. So I'm wearing pants underneath chaps. But because we had a lot of quick changes in the show, they're like, we're not going to make them full-length chaps. They're going to be like shorts. And no, the audience will never know. And this is going to make it So your pants aren't full-length. The pants aren't full length. The yeah. champs are. Yeah. But the pants, they're like biker shorts. Yeah. They're lycra and they yeah. were white and they were biker shorts. Yeah. So when I stood up to say, Mr. Chairman, my chaps just, I mean, it could, it was, it could not have been a more perfectly comedically timed moment. Right. Where I get this huge <laughs> laugh from the, from a full Broadway audience because it, it's not like I did anything wrong. And, and everyone actually it was a welcomed yeah. moment. Like everyone thought, well, it's just funny. Like yeah. it's been, and it was like a cartoon pants. Drop. That's genius. <laughs> And it was, did anyone did it sabotage you, or it just happened? It just that? happened, and everyone. It's one of those things on stage. Like, we, you can't hide it. No, you have you to. You have to, to. You have to address that it's there. It. You can't deny that it's yeah. there. And of course, I lifted them up. But like, yeah. Will, the, our, our lead was laughing. Like everyone yeah. just laughed because there was nothing else to do. Was it a thrill to be on Broadway? Oh, it was a dream. It was a dream of a lifetime to do it. What was the What was the moment where you're like, Oh my God, I'm here. That, that moment lasted um, for at least the first year that we were open. And which was your first Broadway show? It was Will Rogers Follies. Yeah. I was 22 years old. Oh, and I didn't, and I was not a, you know, I didn't have training much in high school. And when I went to college, you know, the, I was the, I wasn't the guy that you thought, oh, this guy's going to be on Broadway. Like I was not that guy. And I just found my what, way. What made the difference? Well, I, I'm, I really wanted it, but that's not enough for most people. I worked right. really hard, but that's not enough for most people. I think I was—I I had a certain skill set yeah. that I was—I um, could sing well, I could dance well. Though in New York, I found out I was—I could move well. But yeah, anyway, I could sing her. and I could dance yeah. and. I also had a very low bass voice. Right. So almost every job I got, I would be the bass in the quartet. Right. In addition to doing the other duties of the show. But you so need that but you need that bass. You need that you bass and you don't else. not a lot of young guys really work on that. Everyone wants to sing higher and higher and higher, which right. I always try to do, but I always had my bass voice, you know. Right. So the, there you go. So I mean, I, I you know, I honor what I did and I was talented and all that, but I think yeah. I also had this right combination. When did you start to dig photography? Were you, did you remember liking to take pictures when you were growing I, up? I, I don't know why, but I always wanted to when I was, when I was 16. We didn't have a lot of money. Where'd you grow up? Michigan. Okay. Small farm town, southern Michigan. And I talked my grandpa into buying me for $250 the Canon AE-1 program. Remember Canon AE-1? Yeah. That was, like that was my camera. Standard, that right? was my camera. And for me to ask that... Like, I'd never have anything ever that expensive in my life by right. far. I don't, know how, I don't know how I got the nerve to ask him, and I don't know how I talked him into it, but I just did. But it was more than just a hobby thing. It was like it really called I you. really wanted to do it. I was yeah. really interested. And, you know, within a year, I mean, the next year I photographed my sister's wedding. Yeah. Now, albeit I was the best my, my sister could afford, but, right. like, I took on that responsibility. Right. And the you pictures got good fast. For a 16-year-old on this little camera, I actually did really well, yeah. you know. And then I, I took a class at the neighboring college because they let me in. So even though I, I had those that twenty years as an actor, I just I was always a photographer. Like I've always been shooting something. Yeah. What was cool about shooting people's headshots, and what was what was tiring about it? You know, I really like doing it. 
Yeah. I wouldn't mind. Good. Like, if I went back to doing it, I would be fine. Yeah. Um, but what's tiring is dealing with it, like dealing with the scheduling and, right. and, and all that. But, like, I've said this many times, you know, it would become, it became a job. And like any job, there would be days when I didn't feel like going to work. Right. It's like, oh, darn it. You know, Susie's coming over at two. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't feel like doing this. Susie would come over at two, hopefully by two. And um, I would just start talking to her. And we, I was, I mean, I'm a thinker and I'm a planner. So I would ask a lot of questions. Not too many, but I would I would break the ice with the client. I would ask a lot of questions. I would figure out a game plan. Like I'm going to shoot you. There's a million ways I could shoot you. What should be the focus to this shoot? Like right. what are What's our needs? What's going to bring out the best in her? And so every single person I shot became this little puzzle. It became like a little game. Right. You're almost you know, playing psychologist as well as right. And like you know, you put a game of words with friends in front of me or a Sudoku puzzle. Like yeah. I'm just drawn in. Like oh, let me figure this puzzle out. And right. every person is a puzzle. And sometimes I didn't personally like the person so much. And sometimes. Yeah. I could tell a person didn't really like me that much. None of it mattered. It was all this puzzle to get to an enjoyable photo shoot and to get to photos that worked for what they wanted them to work yeah. for. Like, what's the reason? And I really, I liked it. And I, you know, and I also, you know, I like people. Like, it's, yeah. it's a very personal, intimate experience for a couple hours. Yeah, and you're doing something really important to them. Yeah, yeah. What photo that you've taken has been seen the most in the world? Interesting. Would you say? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. That's yeah. for sure. But I know that, um, you know, I shot from the, the for three years the top ten American Idol contestants. I would shoot them for their souvenir program, and oh, they would go on fun. tour. So that would be. I mean, how many people saw oh my those? God, photos? we're gonna have to do another. Yes, <laughs> we have to do another podcast all about that. What years were they? What years? Um, I'd have to look it up. Like maybe ten, eleven, twelve. Maybe right around there. Who was your favorite idol? Who was your favorite? Um, Who do you remember from doing that? Well, I remember... I remember... Some, I mean, I remember there's several of them like, oh, wow, I like this person. Yeah. You know, uh, there's just people you meet them like, oh, this, this, yeah. they, they're cool. And I remember Carly. She was cool. And then Carly I. Carly Smithson. Yeah, I think that's I downloaded what I said. a couple of songs. Well, I have since. So I liked her and she was yeah. cool. And then I stumbled upon um, Creep, her singing Creep. Yeah. And it's one of the most exciting things I've heard in the last several years is yeah. her singing that song. Recently you found it. Yeah. That's cool. Do you know what I'm talking about? Creep is, um... I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. I don't know. What the hell? It's a Radiohead song. Okay. And she does a cover of it for Postmodern Jukebox. Nice. Her performance, though, What's in the video... Jukebox? Dennis, you is don't know Postmodern Jukebox? No, See, you need, I knew... So the things. second you said that, I, it's a thing that I should know, and do I admit that I don't know it? And I said, yeah. yes, they do, I'm going to admit it. They do old style of music with current hits. Oh, fun. Postmodern Jukebox. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, they're really good. They're really band. good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'll check that out. That must have been fun to shoot the idols, or was it? Oh, did it, you feel like a lot of pressure? It was fun and exciting, and um, it was kind of my experience, though, of being in the machine, yeah, of commercial photography and of television in that world. And you realize, like, oh, I, I see now. Like, you. You can't just kind of sway around the room and make things happen. Everything's like a little regimented, like, oh, no, we agreed on this, and we agreed on that. And a we, lot of you can only have this person for this, and this person refuses to wear that. And yeah. you're like, oh, but yeah. I'm making a buttload of money, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, have you ever stolen anything? On the cruise ship. What did you steal? We, they flew us over to Italy to go on the Grand Princess. It was big... 
new largest cruise ship in the world in 1999, right? And they were ready for us, so they had the house. Oh my god! For three I lived weeks. that so. I lived yes. that. Experience. Everyone's had this story. Yes. It's so, never ready, right? And so we get on the ship, and these are cool, but you know, no one's really taking care of us, and no one really cares. It's it started to feel a little bit like you're on your own. Yeah, I know. So that you need feeling. pillows. Yeah. Well, we would just we would find pillows somewhere. We I stole pillows and chairs from my cabin, and then it kind of came kind of game. I got like a, a set of martini of uh, no margarita glasses. Right. We were so a little. It was when you were we on were, the ship. Yeah, we were a little body on the ship. On the ship. Yeah. yeah, but you were getting what you needed. It's called yeah. "We're Through the Singers." We got to yeah. get what we need. What was the show that you guys did at the time? Um, Gotta sing, gotta dance. Okay, of course, classic. We did uh, glamour. They brought in this yes, fabulous the show. Yeah, and then um, I did the pirates show. Oh, fun! The pirates. I can't remember the name. But maybe it was just pirates, but I was like the pirate kingy kind of guy. I could see that for yeah. sure. You did a laugh-in scenario set. I saw on your website. Yeah, I love that when people poke out through the doors. Mm-hmm. And that was like a childhood memory fantasy that, yes. and like a lot of people that I would pitch it to or bring it back to they had forgotten about it but then they would remember it as soon as they saw a reference photo they're like oh my god that was so much fun yeah I bet they, you know Dennis like, it's time to bring that back someone needs to do a modern laugh in yeah like a modern like a TV show that'd be like, super fun yeah. I love it no, it doesn't exist who would you love to photograph well, you know, I love a lot of singers. Um, the singers, I mean, I'm a singery singer kind of guy. And, like, so people like Katie Lang and uh, Diana Krall and Rufus Wainwright, like, that I, you know, how many hours have I listened to them? And I would love to shoot for them. Try to capture that. what yeah. you, and you know what? from them in a photo. Yeah, and I, w- I want to photograph Barack Obama. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I mean, you asked. Yeah. And like, no, yeah. of course. Why like, not? beyond it being a feather in my hat, like, I would love that experience. Just you know, he wouldn't be around him. Yeah. I want to photograph Meryl Streep. Yeah. You know, That'd be awesome. I love Annie Leibovitz, but when she goes away, who's going to fill in the space? I know. Somebody <laughs> needs to. Okay. Who is your most impactful teacher? Al Diver. What's, what's Al Diver? Mm hmm. Uh, what, what did he teach? I took world history with him. Right. And he had, uh, it was like an upper class kind of uh, class, meaning like, I think it was like for sophomores, juniors, or seniors, and I was a freshman. I don't know right. how it ended up. I just ended up in that class. Right. And he had this, um, every year he gave a semester-long uh, homework assignment to create a, a fictional country and write a constitution. Wow, that's and, ambitious. Right, and not like a real constitution, but like basic laws and how right. you would set up a country, basically. Right. And he told you all about the beginning of the semester, you'd hand it at the end. And I just bought it. I'm like, this is great. Uh, to you me, it was really like fun. It. Yeah. it was an opportunity. Like, no one ever asked that of me before. Right. And, um, and I went for it. Did you create a name of a fake country? It was called Rhodexia. Rhodexia? It was shaped a little bit like Australia. Yeah. Rhodexia. uh, Yeah. I love it. And I had all these, like, you know, uh, I had a little map, geographical map, and I had the laws and how it's set up. Right. And it was probably like 12, 15 pages. And, um, you know, and he just wrote in red ink. On the bottom, you know, I got an A plus, which he he wasn't an A plus kind of guy. No, you're not just. And as John, I have rarely been this impressed with any student I've ever had, let alone a, a freshman. Like, I'll, like that's burned in my brain. 
you know. It's so good, though, yeah. to get that validation. Yeah. From, from a really, like, cool teacher. Like yeah. a teacher that didn't, you know, give it away very easily. Yeah. How can people learn more about Scenario? Scenariophoto.com. Scenariophoto.com. And yes. you have some... Um, I know that you talked preliminarily about some other ideas that you had for expanding and doing things, or is that to be determined? Well, no. I mean, I could talk about it a little. It's in the, you know, we're trying to make it happen. I think it's a great idea. Where it's um, basically, uh, my shoots right now is I design the sets, and then I light it with studio lighting, like strobe photography, and then I have a team of, my photography team, treat it like a photo booth. But now what we're doing, uh, there's some other companies that are doing similar things where we'll, I'll still design this amazing set, but then I'm going to light it with LED lights, which are not the strobe light, and they're basically like selfie stations. Right. I hate that word. I want to call them smartphone studios or something. I like smartphone studios. Yeah. yeah. But so to set up like a dozen or so in one space and you pay an entrance fee and you get to experience all these sets. And not only are they cool looking sets that will look good on your Instagram page, but I'm also lighting them particularly well. So, you know, I, I'm with friends all the time and everyone's taking pictures all the time. And sometimes the pictures in your phone look good and sometimes they're terrible. Yeah. Like, cause it's all, be, it's all because of lighting. So if I set up the lighting situation, the lighting scenario for each set, right. it'd be a very valuable experience to come in and, and walk into this space. Yeah. Which, yeah, we're calling it the scenario factory. And I think we're going to start a uh, Kickstarter campaign to get this thing I going. I love that. And yeah. do it here in LA. Yes. Um, I've done a couple of lights. I did one, like 29 rooms or I don't know if you Yes. Heard. That's one of the, yeah, the yeah. pop-up one. Yes. And yeah, what was your experience? They're kind of, they're kind of fun. But there are things that some of it looked a little rinky dink or whatever. Um, it, it's not the quality of what you do. Like these, yours would be real sets, you know. And this felt like I don't know. I, I mean, some of them were super fun and look neat, but they well, do. You know what they sound about? They, like, they feel very temporary. Right. They feel like installation. Right. And there's you know, and I know the Museum of Ice Cream is like the granddaddy of them all, yeah. and their installations are pretty cool. Right. Uh, and then there's 29 Rooms, Museum of Illusions, yeah. uh, Selfie Museum. I'm yeah. going to Candytopia tomorrow. I'm researching yeah. them all. But they all, you know what they all kind of feel like to me? They all kind of feel like they're photo booths and I'm scenario. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I'm doing things in a more curated, professional, fashion magazine sort of way. There's a sophistication yeah. and an adultness. Right. There's a, something juvenile about some of these other ones. Yeah. They're like candies and sprinkles. Yeah, and, and lots of pink. Yeah, lots yeah. of pink. Yeah. Yeah. You're not pink. You're not the pink. I'm not. I'll, I'll have one candy-coated purple unicorn set. Right. Just one to right. satisfy that itch for the girls. I love that. <laughs> um, what's the weirdest gig you've ever done? Like the, the place where they – a convention of morticians or I don't know. There's been a lot of weird ones. Yeah. Um well, this isn't so weird as a little peculiar. I've done events, corporate events, um, particularly in Vegas, where they, you know, it's a, it's an international corporation. Often it's within the tech world, yeah. and they'll bring everyone in, and they want to have a party, and so they have a party with music and food, and we set up the set, and then we realize that most of the guests are foreigners, yeah. and most of them, uh, we've had parties where very, you know, I've done parties where it's primarily Russian people or whatever, yeah. and it just. 
Yeah, weird might be too strong of a word, but it's like suddenly we don't, you know, half of our job is talking with people right. and getting them in the mode and like, wow, they don't understand a word I say, so yeah. I guess I'm pantomiming. Yeah. And <laughs> you still get it. They yeah. still do it, but it's a peculiar experience to do that for four hours. Yeah. yeah. What's it like to work in a place where a lot of people are drinking or maybe drinking too much? Do you, is, that, is that a common thing where somebody's super wasted? Yeah, that happens. I mean, in general, though... The average person who might not be entirely comfortable on a set, yeah. two drinks is just what the doctor yeah. ordered. So and sometimes actually, I'll it tell It actually works for you. Yeah, and I jokingly tell people, you know, I'm there greeting people on the set sometimes. I'm like, hey, listen, it's a two-drink minimum. I'm going to walk yeah. on this set. And they get the joke and right. they laugh. Or sometimes we'll shoot people at the very, very beginning of the night and they'll do fine. I'm like, listen, that was fine. Have a couple drinks. Come back because it'll yeah. be a different shoot. Yeah. But that said, and this doesn't happen that often, but, yeah. of course, we get people that are too drunk to be on that set and who are disruptive. And you know, bad. They yeah. act, act be misbehaving right. and trying to you know trying to break things. Like yeah. we've had that happen, and that's what happens when people drink too much. I can see that. Anyone ever puke on your stuff? No, but I had a woman. It was a sofa set, so there was a sofa featured in it, yeah. and she'd probably been drinking. And her husband kind of jumped up and sat on her lap, huh. and she peed on her sofa. Oh. That happens. Yeah. Can I tell a story? Yes. Okay. Speaking of cruise ships, and I think this whole conversation has led us to this story, John. Okay. So <laughs> we used to do this thing on the cruise ship called London Pub Night, which I'm sure you remember. It was like the sing-along pub night We did games. not have this. Was anyway, it just a crew thing? No. It was Princess oh, it was, Cruises. It was pub night. It was like it was like a big event of the evening, but it was all it. dumb games, sing-alongs, mm-hmm. roll out the barrel, whatever. Very like in a British sort of way, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was a, the balloon popping relay game where one of the crew staff guys would sit on a uh, would sit on a chair and have a balloon in their lap, or, or the, and then a, a woman would run toward them and jump on their lap and pop the balloon and then go around and the next one would come. Right. So <laughs> it's it's funny because it looks like people are humping each right. other. Right. Well, one time. <laughs> This guy, Shane, he was the deputy cruise director. He was in the chair, and everyone was having fun. And this woman came up and popped the balloon, but then she peed her pants on him. And it was <laughs> mortifying and horrible and embarrassing. And, like, I feel really bad for her, right? So it all happened, and it was over. And then me and this girl, Carol Lindsay, were sitting on the side of the stage, like, doing the sing-along part. And every time I would look at Carol... I could, we could think about that woman being, and I just remember laying on my side on the stage for like 45 minutes, I couldn't stop laughing, and I couldn't look at her, it wasn't the thing that happened, it was looking at her in relation to the thing that happened. So yeah. Oh, did she uh, like pee pee? Like it was like on the floor, uh, and then the oh. Did she run away? Like leave the room? <laughs> she disappeared. I, right? I don't know what happened to her. I think they tried to do the nice thing and get her out of there or whatever. Uh. I know it was bad, but oh, it's enough. It's enough. I live for those things. Though. I know. You know, when I see theater, I'm dying for a mistake to happen. Yeah. I like to because it just jolts you into reality. No, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so scenar- scenario photo is the website. Yes. Keep an eye out for this fun little pop up thing that would happen. The pop up thing is going to be called Scenario Factory. Yes. Yeah. What do you love about your job? I love that I get to I get to be as creative as I can be. Like I love that, and I love um, like I love having a great crew. Like I love giving you know um, developing these people and getting right. you know and helping them. Uh, and then I also love. Um, you know, although I'm making money doing this, I do love giving this to the client and giving it to the guest. Uh, yeah, like like I said, albeit I'm making money at it, but like to give people an experience that 
del- absolutely delights them. Like yes. I, I love giving gifts. My friend Mike, like if I decide to give you a gift, I will think about it for months, and I'll give you. I'll try to give you the gift. You, it might not be the perfect gift, but like it's something that you didn't even know you wanted, or really will tickle you. Like I right. love giving gifts. You love being thoughtful and thinking these things yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. It's not a twenty-five dollars Starbucks card. Exactly. Right. It's more than that. Exactly. I love that. What about social media? Are you, is scenario on social media? It is. You know, so it's hashtag. Scenario photo at scenario photo. I need to be on there more. I need I to be promoting more. It's a whole more. thing. I know. Tell I gotta me about hire it. someone to do it yeah. for me. All right. Well, <laughs> we do these things. Um, what's what do you remember loving about why you fell in love with photography? I remember being so excited getting that first roll of film developed. Well, back then you used to, it was a whole thing you had yeah, to take Yeah, you in. had to wait. You yeah. had to wait. And, you know, along the way, I mean, everyone that shot on film remembers this. I mean, you get it to a degree with digital, but you can fix it so quickly. So, But when you used to shoot on film, you would shoot with purpose. You would shoot a few shots here and a few shots there, and you had a plan for how you thought the picture would look like. And then you get it back, and it didn't quite work. But that's how you learn, like, oh, wow, I mean, that, I got that lighting wrong, or like, wow, yeah. I thought that angle was amazing, it looks average. Yeah. Uh, but then once in a while, when the picture would come back, and you're like, this is far better than I even imagined, yeah. and you would you take, your breath, take your breath away a little yeah. bit. And you, you can, one can only hope that other people see that as well, right. but there's something quite special just on the personal experience of the photos you take and your own viewing of them yeah. is, is super important and... Um, it's nice if everyone else can see it yeah. too, but it doesn't matter so much. You captured a moment in time. You know, this picture above my computer screen, no one's ever commented on that photo. I just love it. What's it of? It's a the, horse. That's at La Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. Oh, nice. And, um, you I know, love so that's, the way it's like. Yeah, the way it's lit. It's and, you know, like uh, Gaudi, the artist, designed that, that sculpture, so right. I didn't design that sculpture, but I just like. How I when I caught this of when the light was on it and you see he's in the dark okay. and he's a bit shadowy so it's the horse that's showing off and it makes this night on him seem more mysterious. But the, but the point being, no one else sees this for what I see it, but I still have it above my desk. It's for right. me. It's I love my it. photo it's for, for you. me. You yeah. captured something. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I'm going to take a picture of that p- picture and post it on the website so you guys can see it. This has been really fun, John. Yeah, thank you. Dennis. I think it's so cool what you've done. So impressive and amazing. Well, Have people you. horned in on your act? Do you see more people popping up doing what you do? Or is it kind of you? <laughs> no one's trying to do what I do. It's yeah. too much work. I know. It's too Like, big. no one is doing full-scale photo shoots yeah. at events. Yeah. They're doing little ones. They're doing bullshit ones. Let's kinda, just say it. Kinda. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. All right. That's your tagline. It's scenario <laughs> or else it's bullshit. Right? <laughs> I'm sold. You're sold. All right. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Bye. Thanks again to John Ganun. You can check out some of his work and learn more about Scenario at scenariophoto.com. All right, so this happened. Um, I've talked in the past on this podcast about how I'm inventing a game, You Don't Know My Life, which I'm developing with my friend Jeb Haven. So it's coming along. We're into it. We did the live show. Well, last week, as you all know, I think many of you know anyway, I listened to this podcast called Side Hustle School about developing a side hustle, which is kind of what LifeCast was born out of. Anyway, last week they had an episode about this card game, party game kind of thing out of the Netherlands called Vertilis, and it's kind of similar to my game where where there's questions about your life. Um, but they did the episode, and, and in Side Hustle School they talk about how the idea came to be, what the steps were, how much they spent, how much they made. Long story short, 
this game made a gazillion dollars, like a ton of money. Okay, $400,000 in revenue in uh, eight months. So I kind of lit a fire under me. The games are very different, but they kind of set a template for how you can do it. And um, so I'm excited. So we're going we're gonna to keep moving forward on that. There may be a Kickstarter campaign coming your way. Um, but again, my goal has always been to get it into people's hands for the holidays so they can bring a lot of fun and laughter to their loved ones at those special times of year. So, um, yeah, the Netherlands, thank you, Netherlands, for uh, lighting the way. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. Bye.